Hey guys, it's Mike, Narcoleptic Customs Podcast, episode 48. We have Mr. Adam Dory from Rocky Mountain Race Week, the voice of Rocky Mountain Race Week. I don't know how you want to introduce him, but uh, he it's a great podcast. He talks about how he got involved in Rocky Mountain Race Week, how it all kind of things came together in 2014, Hot Rod Drag Week. Um, he tells some stories from the trips. Uh, he tells stories from 2.0 and 1.0 of this year and talks about how he took, how he became the voice was from a two hour Facebook live video that Matt Frost saw um, on Facebook, obviously at I think uh, 2019's event. And he used uh, basically Matt reached out to him and said, Hey, do you want to announce the 2020? events and Adam said sure I'm in he had done some announcing at another track before so he signed up and uh, all is history I think he will definitely be the voice for Rocky Mountain Race Week going forward so it's exciting uh, we are back on schedule on the podcast of two a week we post every Wednesday and Saturday at noon um, on your favorite podcast host and then obviously if you follow us on YouTube where this podcast will eventually end up we post on YouTube every Tuesday and Friday night. Uh, we typically don't post podcasts on YouTube. We post our working in the shop or some of our uh, automotive activities that we do. Um, we post over there, creating videos and content for you guys. And then if you want to see us every day, we post on Facebook and Instagram every day and TikTok, I don't know, a couple times a week. So, all right, here we go. Everything's under Narcoleptic Customs. Thanks. There we go. Okay. All right, guys. I'm so excited. Adam, thank you so much for coming on here and uh, giving your story for everybody to hear. Absolutely. And thanks for having me. And uh, Like I said, I'm not, not a famous guy. You're just trying to make me late for something on this. Uh, but it's, it's, ex it's exciting. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. This is the first one of these I've ever done. Oh, and cool. uh, I'm happy to be on, uh, is it Narcoplexic? Is that how you say it? <laughs> yeah, nope. Narcoleptic. Narcoleptic, like, yep. okay. Like, yeah. like narcolepsy. Yep. So, you know, with the last name narcs, you have to do something because like, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Narcos is a big, big deal in our house here. <laughs> so we always tell kids don't tell on each other unless it's really, really bad. <laughs> well, you know, stitches get stitches. That's exactly right. We try and teach them that all the time. So, all right. So I'm going to hit you with one right out of the gate and then we'll kind of go in and we'll tell, tell your story. So, of the years you've been on Rocky Mountain Racing, what has been your favorite car of all of all time? Favorite car of all time, without a doubt, Doug Klein's car. Um, he sold the car, uh, but he brought it in 2015, and I believe in 16 as well on Rocky Mountain Race Week. Um, I met him on Drag Week in 2014, but that car at the time was the fastest all-metal uh, street car in the country. Um, That's crazy. It was a Larson built car, uh, twin turbo, you know, the, the kind of uh, the, the obligatory twin turbo six second uh, tube chassis car, but it had aluminum body panels where normally you would have um, fiberglass body panels. So it was all metal. Um, but he's awesome. He's a landscaper. Um, I work in the landscape kind of world. And, uh, uh, and he's just, he's, he's got that kind of twang. And I ran tame and I bang, tell you what. But amazing car cool guy um but he's again he sold that car um but Dang. that is my favorite car um of all time on rocky mountain race Week. that's cool so let's let's kind of give folks that um are 
not tired of me talking about Rocky Mountain Race Week on all of our stuff. I mean, it's been on our channel. It's been on our Facebook stuff. So you are the voice of Rocky Mountain Race Week, right? So when people are at a track, they're going to hear you. They're going to like, they're going to see you sometimes. Um, I don't know if I ever saw you except driving one day because you're so busy. It, honestly, um, the second I get there, I'm in the tower um, and I'm just getting stuff ready. And it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing because you see different towers, different staffs. They all have different audio deals. Um, so there's a lot of um, working through a bunch of the really the specifics of each track and how they want things done. Um, yeah. So there's, there's at least an hour at each track of figuring that out. On top of, I wow. drove the route. So I show up the same time you guys show up. So I have about an hour of work before I'm actually at work. Wow, uh, that's awesome. I had never even really thought about the difference because um, some of these tracks you've never been to as far as being in the tower, for sure. For sure, exactly. And, and all the staff is different and where you sit is different and how the computer system operates is different. And, um, and you know, I'm, as a, an outsider, I need to be able to be flexible to work under their conditions because they're yeah. not going to change what they're doing for me. I need to change what I'm doing for them. Man, that's, that is, that's a whole different aspect of what I had thought because, you know, obviously we're all car guys. So we're thinking cars, we're thinking, you know, drive to the track, things mm -hmm. like that, the racing and stuff like that. But like, that's a whole different part because, you know, um, we host a charity drag race at Mocan in Joplin. And so I go in the tower a couple of times during the day for that event. And I can't imagine walking into a different one each time and it being completely new setup and new people. Like it's not like you're traveling with your whole group that knows what's going on. So, yeah, absolutely. So it adds a whole different layer to kind of everything. Um, add to that COVID. So everyone's got different COVID procedures that's going on. So, you know, do you want me to wear a mask? Do you want me in this little section? Would you, you know, everything, there's a lot involved behind the scenes that, even I wasn't aware of in 1.0. Um, to be honest, we started the day and they said, okay, um, what's your run order for the cars you're running? I had no idea I was even gonna be involved with that. I thought I was just gonna be talking on the microphone and talking over the live feed, but in, it turns out that I'm actually sort of managing all the cars going to the lanes. Um, I've gotta know what lanes are where, I gotta know how many cars each uh, staging lanes can hold at each track. Um, it's, it's a, it was a very, very different thing than I was totally expecting. And it was, it caught me completely off out of left field. Um, and yes, every track is different. Every, um, every person at each track is different. The managers at each track have different rules for how I'm supposed to be doing my thing. And then I've got to remember where I am. And at the same time, I just got done with the drive that we just got done. So, you know, insanity is set in for me as well. That's so crazy. That's, that's awesome. And I mean, we'll definitely talk about that a little more because like, I know there's gotta be some good stories that go into that, like walking in somewhere and there's no mics or something. There's gotta be something. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let's back way up. Well, I don't know how old you are. You look young. So let's back up a little bit. Let's go to like, um, like 11 year old Adam. Is he, is he a car guy? Um, getting into be a car guy. Um, I, I owe a ton of my car-ness to a buddy of mine, Steve Wolf. Um, I worked with him for a bunch of years. Um, I started when I was about 15 or 16, really getting into cars. But about 11 is about right. Um, I used to get my hair cut at a place called 
Tess and Larry's, um, little old school, you know, um, haircut joint. And my mom would sit there, but on the table in front was Road and Track and Hot Rod and Carcraft and a bunch of those magazines. Um, so mm -hmm. I was able to flip through those and really that's what set the seed for me. Um, but then fast forward a couple of years to 15, 16, my buddy Steve helped me build my very first car. Um, we worked at a Texaco Express Lube um, oh, just cool. up the street from where I am now. And, um, and we built this little Monza, a 1980 Monza. And in fact, we bought a um, Malibu wagon and took the engine and transmission out of that, put it in the Monza and, and took it up for high school drags maybe three weeks later. Um, and it wasn't That's my awesome. car at the time. He let me take it. Um, and then I actually ended up buying that car from him. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I, I, I daily drove that car. Um, it wasn't, you know, it was like a 14 second car, um, totally stock motor. But I sold that car when I bought my house. I actually refound that exact same car and I'm rebuilding it right now. Oh, dude, that's so cool. That's yes. cool. So, yeah. So, okay. So we're going to skip in the, uh, the, what did you learn to drive and first car stuff. Let's go right into that car. And, uh, so give us the, the setup now and then kind of your goals for what that car is going to be. Okay. So, uh, initially that was a stock 350, uh, 350 trans and the seven and a half inch 10 volt, um, which it still has. And so that's the, that's sort of the, the limit of that car is the seven and a half inch 10 volt. Um, I did at the time, back in the day, it was about four different shades of red and it was a perfect street car, uh, street race car. And I paid my rent with that car a couple of times. That's awesome. Uh, it was a, it was a perfect, perfect street race car. Um, in Mexico, of course, we don't do that yeah. kind of mm -hmm. in the States. Um, but that now, um, now that I've regained it, I'm kind of rebuilding it in its, in its old glory. Um, I picked up a totally stock 350. Um, I did buy some nice heads for it. Um, it's a light car. It's 2,600 pounds with me in it. Holy geez. Um, so it doesn't take a lot to go fast in it. Um, but again, still that seven and a half inch 10 bolt. So we're still stuck with just, you know, the power it'll make is the power it'll, it'll handle. Um, yep. I, I did get it into the 11s with some nitrous before, um, and it blew the rear end up, but that's, that's I mean, that's, that's pretty fast, you know, considering really like the time frame, you know? Well, and for, um, at the time I was a 19 year old kid, uh, 12, yep. you know, an 11, 12 second street car for a 19 year old kids, a super fast car. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know how, so I'll be 40 in March. And so like when I was in high school, late nineties, like 11 second street car was real fast. Right. And I'm 41. So we're about the same age. Yep. And yep. yes. So, you know, rolling into high school and, uh, in 96, Yep. with this car that looked like a total pile of crap yep. um, that would run 11s, um, you know, with the right stuff, obviously yep. it, on the street tires and stuff, it was like driving on ice, but it was, you know, arguably the fastest car in our high school, um, the couple of years that I was there and um, one of the faster cars in the kind of area. Um, That's cool. But it didn't look like it. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because like, I, I feel like that really, like having your brain focused on like, okay, how fast can we go for how cheap and being the fast car in school, like that changes your whole perspective on like needing paint and all that kind of stuff. You know, that, that seems to come later in life for us. I, I kind of have a saying and it's uh, paint don't make it fast. 
Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, uh, so what's your goal for that car? Just to, to cruise it around? Like, I mean, like car shows, fun time? So unfortunately, um, I am in Colorado. We have, uh, we do have sniffer emissions. Um, so mm. they actually put the car on a, onto a dyno and they load it up to the, the weight of the car and it's got to pass the tailpipe sniffer. Unfortunately, oh. that car is just too far gone. So I'm actually rebuilding that car as just a bracket race car. Oh, cool. um, I, when I, when I re, re-bought it, somebody had taken all the wiring out of it. And I mean, if you're watching this, quit taking the wiring out of your cars. It's yes, just, you don't please. need to take it out. It doesn't weigh that much. Leave the freaking wiring in your car. Anyway, um, so it's just too far gone. It's going to be a bracket car. I'm going to put it together. Um, my girlfriend bracket races as well. So it's kind of going to be a bit of a, uh, like a lower car. So when my friends, when Steve's in town, he actually moved to Grand Junction, which is about four hours west of us here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in town. He can race that car. My girlfriend can race that car. It'll just be, you know, kind of a 12-second car that anyone can handle, but it'd be a fun and, car that anyone could take out. Well, and, you know, the in high school, I had an S10 Blazer that I, I threatened to rebuild all the time. Like, I'm going to – I will build another square-body, small-block Blazer. It'll probably be Turbo LS this time. But the uh, – just being in that, like, brings back those memories, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's and, it, awesome. and that's kind of exactly that, getting into that car – um, getting through a bunch of little stuff that I put in that car when I was, you know, a teenager that's mm-hmm. still there is pretty amazing. I mean, it's still got like the Holly blue pump that works that I put in it that I bought from super shops. I mean, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. How, how like those parts, like you, you 20 years from now, you know, a Walbro 255 probably won't work. Like it just, they're not right. made for that now, you know, that's exactly. crazy. Um, so what any other project cars you have anything you're building i've got a ton of cars um i'm a car guy so um i've got the the monza that i'm slowly putting back together um mm-hmm. i've got my malibu um that's kind of my standard car um i i bought that car in 2006 and it its initial plan was i was going to make it into the fastest like bracket race car i could i was just going to put a big block in it and strip it down to nothing um, and I started reading in Hot Rod Magazine about Dragon, and I decided that that was what that car was going to be built for. Oh, that's um, cool. So it's, it began its life as a true street strip car. Um, now it's a supercharged LS with a six-speed manual, a T56. Um, not the fastest car ever, but um, it's, got the, it's got a Magnuson. It's got a roots blower, so it makes instant power. Yeah. That's an awesome street car, um, and it's been on – like six of these things now um, That's awesome. started in drag week 14. Um, it's been on race week 15, 17, 18. And I, um, my, my other car, I've got a Cadillac CTSV, um, gen, uh, the first generation of them. Yeah. Okay. So the naturally aspirated six speed, uh, uh manual and, uh, you know, 4,000 pound four door boat. <laughs> yep. That, um, you know, it's it's a fun car. I I took it on um, nineteen and twenty. I'm sorry, yeah, no, ni- nineteen, and then my girlfriend drove it on twenty one point oh, and we broke it both times. Dad, gummit. Axles, <laughs> uh, axles on on one point and lifters on in nineteen. Mm, I I think I dropped a lifter. I've got a, a LS turbo 
C10 truck that I've had forever. I mean, like literally my grandfather bought it in 67. I got it in 94, like this whole thing, right? So awesome. the turbo LS in it and it's fun. I think I dropped the lifters at the charity race on the way up to the charity race. We went ahead and sent it all day and then drove it home. So Nice. Yeah. So we did, um, actually I broke it both times at Kearney, Nebraska <laughs> in nearly the exact same pit spot. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, my, uh, my normal co-driver, Brad, um, who brought his truck, in two point or i'm sorry in 1.0 as well um he and i took the head off of it and did the the lifters there in carney and there's a beautiful there's an amazing napa that's there in carney that had lifters that had all that had get head gaskets didn't have head bolts i reused those um, but we were able to get the thing to the next track and finish the thing um that's and awesome I actually brought all the spare parts for the cadillac when it broke there and there's some excellent pictures on the RMRWers page of Bill Leak cutting the axle stub off of it at like midnight. Um, but I was announcing for 1.0, so we actually fixed that car about 2:30 or 3 in the morning, and we made it to the next track. And then I worked the whole next day, and then she raced. Oh my gosh, that's crazy, dude! You were yeah. crazy. It was nuts. That's that's one of my questions too. That we'll get to in a minute because like I, I want to know like have you participated and announced? So I'm, that answers that question. But we'll go into that story because I'm sure there's some good stories there. there so are. Uh, you said you worked at a station down the street from where you live now. So have you been in Colorado forever? I mean, yeah, I'm like native um, of the west end of town. I grew up in Lakewood, um, which is about 15 minutes from where I live now in Morrison. Um, cool. Morrison is actually where Bandamere is. Um, and actually I bought this house because of the proximity of the racetrack <laughs> That's um, awesome. that, and I don't have an HOA. When I came to look at the house, I pulled into the driveway and the neighbor across the street had like three Volkswagens in the front yard. And I said, well, <laughs> if he doesn't get in any crap, then I certainly won't. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. funny. So I, I live on a, a dead end street and there are probably 23 or four houses on the street and nine or 10 of us have shops in the backyard. So it's like the coolest car guy road ever. Oh, it's awesome. It sounds kind of like my neighborhood. Um, the guy next to me is building a, uh, he's got like a Baja 1000 car he's building. Um, there's a couple of drag racers in the neighborhood. So Saturday morning you hear them warming their cars up and driving around <laughs> and it's the, it's the coolest thing ever. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, you had mentioned, you had, had hinted earlier that you're kind of in landscape stuff. So what's, what's your day job? What, what, what keeps you busy all day? So um, I work at a place called Denver Brass and Copper. It's a little local owned um, irrigation landscape supply joint. Mm. Uh, I do outside sales for them. Um, I've been in this industry since I was 19, no, 18. Wow. Um, I actually, uh, I started at uh, a company called Turf Irrigation Supply um, and started as a warehouse guy and driver. Um, after 9-11, I actually uh, joined the army. I did uh, ten years as a paratrooper in the in the army. You're crazy, and man. We appreciate am, that, though, for I'm sure. Little, I'm a little bit nuts. That's true. I mean, <laughs> there's a little nuttiness, and it was funny because I sort of told myself I talked myself into the army as I'm in this dead end job, and I can't do this for the rest of my life. And I got out of the army and got in the exact same job, just with a different company. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, hey, you go to what you know. Go to what you know. Right, exactly. So I've been doing that. Um, I've been at my current job for eight years. Um, I love it. I just, it's, it's sort of, 
it's sort of my thing. I, I love working with landscapers. We're a wholesale distributor. So I work with landscapers who work with homeowners. So I don't have a direct connection with end users. I have a direct connection with people that know the stuff. That's um, the way to do it, man. I'm telling you. No, 100%, 100%. So, um, no, I love it. It's awesome. That's cool. So how do you end up, like, let me see how to word this because like, obviously being a car guy for a long time, it's easy to end up as car guy stuff, but like, like with that, do you travel a bunch? I mean, are you mainly, I guess probably not now because of COVID and all that crap, but like, is this like, you're always out on the road and you're like, Oh man, that's a cool car. Oh, that's a cool car that, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, being local, I, I stay in the Denver area, which is great. Well, I guess um, there's probably a ton of business there. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then being able to, to be, being a, a native, I know the area. Um, so I can get mm-hmm. around into weird like side streets and stuff. And it's, it actually is really, really cool to get back kind of in the, in the sticks a little bit and just see, you know, I'm a, I'm a G body guy. So I, I really, I can point out G bodies even under like a car cover. And so <laughs> That's you know, awesome. shoot, there's a G body. What I wonder what that is. Um, and yeah, I've, I've actually even made friends. I pulled over and you know, Hey, tell me about your car. Oh, it's right. my And so now I've got friends just sort of like plopped around town that, you know, I'll see them occasionally and we'll get the wave right. and hit the wave or see them at the track or whatever. That's cool. Yeah, that's absolutely. Cool. So, um, how long have you, uh, announced for Rocky mountain race week? So I only, I started in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've done, I did 1.0 and 2.0. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Okay. In, um, in 19 and, and prior, we, we never had any real coverage. Um, 1320 video did a lot of almost real time coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, you would, they basically take all their pictures and do all their videos and then edit and have them up when they got to the hotels. Um, later that night, things like that. Um, but in 19, I, I thought it was a good idea. I just did a Facebook live video and it was about two hours long. And I just walked around and showed people cars and I showed some racing and, um, Matt had, had, uh, you know, reached out out to me and at the, at the end of that and said, you know, that was really, really neat. And I think I'd be interested in, you know, looking at hiring you as an announcer. That's cool. Um, You know, I said that that sounds awesome, but, um, can I announce and race my car? And he said, well, yeah, you know, I, I ran in 15 with my car and I still ran the event and it was fine. Um, 15 and 20 were a way different deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, 15 started with like eight cars or something like that. And finished. Um, so the ability to actually get out, run your car and do your thing and still keep 60 people happy are a whole different thing than trying yeah. to keep 250 people happy. So, um, it was a, it was definitely a uh, a deal where I had to figure out if I was interested in running a car or working the event. Um, yeah. So I had to do a little bit of soul searching because I love the event. Um, and I told Matt when he came out with the event that I would do it with I would do it every year. That's cool because it's awesome. I mean, and you've yeah. done it now, and you kind yeah. of get oh, that, yeah. it's it's one of those things that you can read about it on the outside, and you get an idea. Mm-hmm. about what it is but when you bring a car any car even you know even like an 18 or 20 second car yeah. that some people bring you have the, the most fun you've ever had with any car yeah so it's funny you talk about 18 second car the 60 bel air those guys had more fun than i i don't know we had a bunch of fun in the car and it was a 15 second car but those guys had a ton of fun 
Oh yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the thing. Like whenever anyone asks me like, what do you, you know, what do you think? What should I bring? I just tell them to bring something, mm -hmm. just do it and get your feet wet in it. Yep. And then worry about doing something that you're maybe competitive in, but just show up and see what it's about and understand the, the dynamics of it. And I mean, you yep. did it in the, with no doors. I mean, I think it's a um, it was no it was chilly in the mornings. We got lucky on the rain. We didn't hit any rain, but it was cold in the mornings. Right, and it's just I mean the wind. Uh, you know, after hours and hours and hours of just wind on these side roads, and it's just I mean every every piece of it is a different deal than you've ever done. Yeah. So it, um, it was a ton of fun, and so what's I, I can't imagine being. So was this the first event that you've announced? Or, or no. like a normal thing for you? No. Um, so in, I want to say about 2012, um, I announced at uh, the now defunct uh, Douglas Motorsports Park in Wyoming. Mm, cool. A friend of mine was, was managing the track, and his wife had gotten sick, and he was normally announcing. And he just said, I can't, I can't go up all the time. It would be nice if you could come up and give us a hand. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, just, I just sort of jumped in. And um, loved it. Loved every second of it. Yeah. Uh, little bitty track. Um, it's They're kind of starting to try to get some, like, no prep stuff going back on that same track. Uh, it was a quarter-mile track. It was an NHRA track. So we actually even had, like, divisional opens and, and things like that. And I actually got That's to meet cool. Bob Fry up there, yeah. who was, you know, being our age, waking up Sunday morning, you turn on the TV, and ESPN had drag racing on. Mm -hmm. And Bob Fry was announcing drag racing. So it was a very cool thing for me to like hang out with Bob Fry. Um, but yes, so I did, I announced for a summer and then I hadn't done anything since I, I'd been racing my car and I did it because I didn't have a car finished at the time. Um, and it was something for me to get my feet kind of back into it and yeah. still enjoy it while I wasn't able to actually participate. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. So you had talked about um, drag week in 14 and mm -hmm. you've been on every race week since, I guess, Matt and them started. Um, have you done any other drag weeks or is, you know, race week your deal? I, um, I did drag week in 16. Um, and actually, I didn't do race week in 16. I had just gotten mm -hmm. a promotion at work. Yep. And it was, it was going to be a tough thing for me to get off in the middle of the summer. We're busy in the summer. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, but I, I just decided that because I couldn't do it in June or July, whenever we were doing it in 16, I was going to do drag week again in mm -hmm. 16. And it was in, we started in Hebron, Ohio, um, which was, is a haul from Denver. Yeah. Um, and I brought my Malibu out there and we broke it day two. And it was, um, it was a, you know, the transmission, it was a 4L60. I mean, of course, but uh, transmission error, you know, blew the pump up. And it was one of those like, okay, we can thrash it together and we can keep going. But um, Scott Kleppinger, who's a drag week regular, he's got the third gen jet car. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a, it's a uh, 427 LS with like a 94 millimeter. It runs like in the sevens. It's an awesome car. Um, but he had his shop and he just, and it was right down the street. And he said, why don't you take your car to my shop? And he happened to have a 4L60 and converter sitting at his shop. And he said, if, he said, sling me 800 bucks for this brand new 4L60, put it in your car, and, you, you know, on. 
you're, you're on, you can use my you can use my lift you can use all my stuff so we were out of the event but i was actually able to take it on a trailer to indianapolis yeah um, i was able to race it at indy which was kind of the plan for the entire thing that's cool. to race it at indy so um so yeah no i've done the, the two drag weeks um i'm good friends with a lot of the drag week guys mm-hmm. um but because just because of sheer closeness and proximity yeah i'm a race week guy yeah because i mean drag week probably doesn't come that way but every three or four or five years something like that maybe i mean 14 was our first jaunt and it was that was the same tracks we ran in 2.0 um so i mean and even towing out there i didn't realize how long eight hours towing was because i hadn't done it since 14 yeah well although i did i mean obviously 16 was like insane <laughs> yeah 14 or 15 hours of towing um but yeah i mean it's yeah so i don't i don't think drag week drag week's been more that side of the mississippi and i basically yeah. told myself i'm never going to cross the mississippi to go drag race ever again no no I, it that would be such a hike for you from there i can't even imagine you know what i mean yeah. 20 hours of driving to get there to race all week because you know your adrenaline leading up to the events is crazy. I can't imagine adding two days of drive time in and then get there and be tired of already before it starts. Cause there's plenty of time to be tired the week of race week. Well, you know, and you're driving to drive. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there's not, there's no break. Yep. You're sitting and driving to go sit and drive. <laughs> yeah, so exactly it, right. It, the joke is, is that it, it's the only vacation you need a vacation from after. So I mean, yes, that's a hundred percent true. You had four days of towing total plus the five day event. It's, it's a 10 day thing and you're broke, you're tired, you're, you know, you're just, you're dead. And yeah. we ended up making it back to work. We got home Sunday and both of us went back to work Monday Oof, after 10 days just on the road. And it was, again, that's kind of what I told myself, never going to pass the Mississippi to go racing. Yeah, I'm not not doing that anymore. I don't blame you there. So, no <clears throat> so this for 2.0, uh, you took what looks like a border patrol suburban. <laughs> or so, yep. tell me the green on the side of the suburban. Like, okay, so it used to be the whole front end used to be green. Um, okay, it was actually a, a Larimer County Sheriff's truck here in Colorado, and it was a canine truck. Gotcha. Uh, so it's a stripper fleet model, nothing. Uh, a Kawasaki dealer here locally bought it what? from the police auction, painted the front end with the stupid green stripe on the doors. And if you look closely, <laughs> there's still some of the remnants of the uh, stickers where it said Kawasaki. Oh, gotcha. So that um, makes sense. So I'm not a, I'm not a body guy or a paint guy, but I can unbolt things and bolt things. So I went to the junkyard and I found a Tahoe that had a white clip that was decent. So I put the whole front clip on it from a Tahoe. <laughs> That's awesome. Good. that's awesome that makes sense yeah so that's my that's my kind of daily driver um mm-hmm. i love that thing it's a three-quarter ton six liter ls with a 4l80 um i bought that thing for less than three thousand bucks and it's been and, an awesome ride well and the, the ride is good you know and it's tough as nails with that setup so yep and it's you know it's uh it'll tow we ended up having to tow uh royce payton's wife's truck uh, it had blown the motor up, and it's 4,800 pounds or 4,600 pounds or something like that. We towed it the the rest of the route, 
um, after day two, and it was awesome, flawless. And then at, the, yep. at a few different times, we uh, we had some passengers, so it was like the taxi. Um, we took Phil <laughs> Thomas, who uh, who wrote a couple of things for Haggerty, and he was helping in the lanes. Um, we had him with us for a bunch of it, and hey, that that dude is awesome. That he, dude is amazing. Yeah, That's yeah, amazing. he was super cool to um, you know we obviously having an open car like the cart, you end up with like, it's easy to talk to people, you know, and people are always asking questions and at every track he was smiling and, and excited to be there. Yeah. He was a great guy. He's actually from hot rod. Um, he, he worked oh, with, cool. worked at hot rod for a couple of years and, and actually drag week was kind of his baby. Um, and then they did a bunch of restructuring and he ended up not getting his, his, uh, his deal back with them. Wow. But he wanted to see firsthand the difference because he had, he had actually worked at and ran a couple of the drag weeks and he actually reached out to me and said, Hey, I know like, you know, this isn't my sort of realm, but I'd love to be able to be involved in this in some way, shape or form. That's cool. Um, you know, I reached out to Matt and I said, Hey, Philip is interested in maybe, you know, helping out. And he said, I'll take all the help I can get. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, it was really, really interesting to hear his take on the differences between the two races. Yeah, I had I didn't know that story. I think I I may name drop you and uh, suggest that he come on the podcast too. You you absolutely should. You absolutely should. Yeah, he's, I think he's a, be a good the, one. the guy's a wealth of knowledge. He's uh he's really really good. And again, we we kind of we drove around and we spent you know the better part of a week together. Yeah. So we had some pretty good stories and um and again he wrote a couple of really good articles for Haggerty um That's on cool. week and and actually uh, did a couple of spotlight driver spotlights and stuff like that and uh great 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 guy and uh, that's awesome yeah, he's got a lot of background in uh pikes peak international hill climb Ooh. and at uh, bonneville yeah so um so when uh i guess when during the year did they close pike peak pikes peak that i could uh go out there that's a great question amazing question mm. um as as a local guy i have never done pikes peak well, because we've threatened it a couple of times because it's like a hard, like you could, like there's a small group of us that enjoy spirited driving, not mm -hmm. in stuff like the cart, you know. Um, and so the the theory is that you can get from here to Pikes Peak and back in like 20 hours, something like that. Mm -hmm. We're here in Northwest Arkansas. <clears throat> so we've we've discussed that quite a bit, but you're the window of time is your your real kicker because you know we're all busy all summer with car shows and events and so you end up what do you you know you get to about the end of september and you're like huh maybe we could make that run and then you're like oh it's close because it's snowing right and there's a couple of guys um cory thompson who won the pro street category in 1.0 took his seven second 67 chevelle up pikes peak after he wow. won uh, as, as kind of a bucket list thing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Greg Hazenga, who has a uh, compound turbo Gen 3 Hemi Jeep Cherokee. The coolest. Oh I mean, it, it, he built this thing as a, as a multi-faceted. It's a street car. It can autocross. It's a drag car. It's been I on like a bunch him already. Of, but no, he's awesome. Um, it's been on a bunch of drag weeks as well. But he was moving from, I believe, Michigan to Texas and took his car or his truck up Pikes Peak. Mm. But he called me um, broken down here in Denver. 
and we were able to get him into my shop and drop his fuel tank and he had a problem with the holly hydromat wow. um, he had one that just got like clogged up or whatever but we got him fixed up and he yeah his next stop was pike's peak so that's I think, really cool i think it's definitely a, a rite of passage for people um just to be able to take your car up there and especially yeah. some you know brutal cars like those that you know i, I can't imagine it in some of those cars yeah, Greg's Cherokee, I think, runs in the 10s and maybe has gone 9s now. I'm not 100% sure, but a stick shift car. Um, and then, That's again, crazy. Corey with a 7-second Turbo LS <laughs> takes it up Pike's Peak. I would love to see the uh, fueling curve as it climbs. That You know, like, let's just watch that log. <laughs> as well, it goes actually, up. Greg, Greg had mentioned that. His, his, uh, his thing is on Holly EFI. Um, so it's got a, you know, it's got a good closed loop system with wide bands. And he, I think he was saying it was pulling 25 or 30% of its fuel at 10,000 feet. God, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's really neat. So, um, I, I saw you, I think the first day or two of 2.0 with the empty trailer, but then you ended up with, maybe I saw a couple different cars, but, uh, the stick shift car, um, the Fairlane, Fairlane, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So yep. it was on there. Uh, those guys, I would see it on your trailer, and I'd see it driving, and then I'd see it like back on the trailer. Like it was, it's like this whole thing. And so, um, I was gonna the way I'm worded this on my notes here is like, do you typically pull a, an empty trailer when you do this? Normally, yeah, normally no. I have this is the first time I've not brought a car that's a competing, right. you know, competing car. So um, with 2.0, I decided right away that because of the cadence of the thing, it's just so fast paced that we weren't going to try to bring a car. My girlfriend wanted to come um, and she ran my Cadillac in 1.0, but with 2.0, if there's any issues, you're hosed and I've got to be at the tracks. So yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't not be there. Right. Right. So, but, but Bill with the fair lane uh, lives about 20 minutes from me. Oh, wow. And normally he Ironmans, so he normally drives yeah. his car out. He doesn't even own a truck and trailer. Um, but I said, I'm going to be bringing out my truck and trailer. Um, I made the decision, again, right, right up front, that I'm going to bring it, and it's not going to be a support vehicle because that's illegal in the, in the race week world. Yep. But I called it, I, I called it a hearse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, if, you, if you just spray the crank out of the thing, and you need to get it back somewhere or get it to a place where you can get to a, you know, U-Haul or you have a friend that you can store it at, then that's what it's going to be for. Um, that's awesome. So Bill's car I brought out and then he actually, he broke day four, um, blew the clutch up in his car, yep. but Royce's wife had her truck blow a rod out of it day two. So actually her truck was on it for the entirety of the, of the rest of the race. Bill had to get uh, AAA to tow him back to oh, wow. put his car back on the trailer to get it back to Denver. Oh my gosh, that's nuts! That is yeah. nuts. There, there was some, there was uh, some. It, it was really interesting to see the amount of people working on their cars in the pits, like because I've never done an endurance race like this. So it was, it was really cool to like. I mean, there was one guy with a duster that had to trans out at least twice during the week. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is part of this thing. It's brutal on stuff. And like I said, on the, on the live feed a few times, and, and it's a, it's a rough, uh, loose quote from Larry Larson, who's, you know, he's sort of the Pope of this thing. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's a lot of people drive a lot, but they don't drive a thousand miles in five days. That's right. And also a lot of people race a lot, but they don't race every day for five days. Right. And you mix the two. No one that's sane drives their car a thousand miles in five days and races it every day in between. Yep. So it's this insane sort of group of this fraternity of people that are a little bit nuts to begin with. And then you add onto that a little bit of MacGyver because you, a lot of it you're going to have to fix with stuff you find on the road and, you know, things, yep. you know, taping bailing wire and, you know, doing what, it, what you can to just kind of limp your stuff to the next track. Well, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Sonecipher with the, one of the black Novas on 2.0, I mean, on 1.0, he fixed a brake line that had busted. He fixed it with a nail they sharpened on the road and jammed it into the piece to get it to the, you know, to where you get to Napa. Oh, yeah. And there's, um, there's, a, there's a guy, um, Mike Cox, who ran in Drag Week 2014, who made a post on Facebook about it that was, uh, you know, hypothetically a, uh, a, a stop sign bolt can be used as a water pump bolt on a big block Chevrolet. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Just one of those things. But, um, but that's where race week and drag week traditionally have different. Um, Race week in 15 was uh, the same format, five day, five race. 16, um, you know, they they made the decision, um, you know, Matt and and June Mm -hmm. made the decision to add drive days in. And we had this sort of the same tracks for the first few few years, and the east west portion of those of those tracks almost required a drive day. Um, it was like four hundred mile tracks. Oh yeah, that'd have been too much. Yeah, exactly. So, um, kind of my saying with that is is that we bring home less steaming piles of shit if you add a drive day in. Yeah. And so for two we didn't have that. Yeah. So you're back to sort of the, the really extremely fast cadence and there's a difference. You can definitely tell the difference because there's a lot less time for maintenance and you're dry, you're doing what you can to fix your stuff when you can yep. fix your stuff. And sometimes that's pits, sometimes that's at your hotel. Sometimes that's right on the side of the highway. Yeah. So, uh, um, I ran with the 301 streetcar, you know, Wendy Martin and uh, like Carlos and all those guys. And so my thought going in was, Okay, I'm, I like I brought all my podcast stuff. I mean, I was like, I'm gonna have all this time. I'm gonna talk to so many people. And by about day three, I had not recorded one single minute of podcast. And she's like, I told you you wouldn't have time. No, and that and that's no joke. I mean, it's especially the five day five race format. There's just there is no time. You get, yeah. and especially with night racing, um, that's a that's kind of a hot topic. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, I love it. I think it's awesome to be able to race under the, you know, under the lights and give spectators a chance to be there Yep. when they maybe don't have to take time off of work. But um, especially with that, you're pretty much driving all day yep. and then you're racing all night and then you're dead, you're dead beat most of the time. So you're going right to the hotel, you're sleeping, you're waking up the next morning, you're doing it again. Yep. Yeah. We left every morning at like 6 a.m. was no joke, 301 is rolling out. So we would, I would be up uh, editing a video and trying to get it to save at these hotel Wi-Fi systems, you know, until like three o'clock in the morning and then jump back up at six and roll out. And it was, it was all day, it was so much fun. 
Oh yeah, no, totally. And those guys, I, I give them a bunch of crap because they all run three-speed automatics and they don't have overdrives <laughs> and nothing like that. But traditionally, um, I run with the stick shift guys. So I run with Bill Armstrong. I run with Rich Guido, um, a, a handful of those guys. But we all run two overdrives. Yeah. So sort of our our like joke is is that uh, well, it's not really a joke, but it was for for a couple of years. Rich would overheat at under eighty-two miles an hour. And Bill would overheat at over 87. So we would, all, all of our driving would be between 82 and 87 miles an hour. And it would be three or four of us. And their cars are brutal. Uh, Bill's cars run like 890. Rich's cars run 890. Um, my Malibu is an 11 second car. Um, you know, it's not, it's not as wicked as those guys, but, yeah, but hey, that's, that's... Uh, on the, on the street, uh, um, we would be passing, especially those like 301 streetcars guys that are kind of meandering along about 60, and we'd be yep. passing them like they're standing still going at 85. And yep. there's a there's yep. a really good time uh, um, when we were doing the uh, the night driving, the, the morning racing night driving, that we passed uh, Dars Laws, who's who brought his uh, old, old wagon on 1.0 and 2.0 in this. That's a supercharged LS, but normally he's got a 442. That's a brutal car that's run like, I think it's run, it's run 180 miles an hour. Um, so I think it's like a 770 car or something like that. But we passed him and his wife on a uh, double yellow in like dark, like pitch black. And my car's got the roots blower. So it sounds like a roots blower. Yeah. And, right. And we, we passed him going triple digits and he, his claim is that we actually kept him awake for the rest of his drive because we scared him so much. <laughs> That's awesome. So let, let's uh, let's pivot because I want to. I want to. This is an interesting question that I ask a lot of folks, but you, you're getting two. So what it, what would be like your dream like race week build? It, I, I think you have to go back to Doug Klein's car. Um, it's it's an all steel. Um, just brutal 200 mile an hour car would be amazing. Now at the, at yeah. the same time, sort of, sort of a, a two part answer to a one part question, actually keeping that car alive on the road seems like a nightmare to me. Um, yeah. Just all the maintenance that would be involved in something like that um, yeah. seems like a nightmare to me. So um, Doug Klein's car mixed with Honestly, Bill Armstrong or Rich Guido's street ability. Um, yeah. Both of those cars are amazing. Neither of those guys own trailers. Rich lives in Canada. He does race week and, and drag week every year that he can get across the border. Unfortunately, wow. COVID stopped him on this. Yep. But Rich puts 15,000 miles a year on his car, and it runs eights. That's awesome. And it's a stick shift car. Yeah. So um, – I, you know, I really, I really think if you could meld those two, if I could, if I could run 200 mile an hour with an all steel car or an all metal car, yep. but still have the ease, ease of driving of one of those cars and mix them, yeah. that's my, that's my like, ultimate. Like maybe it's like a 880 car. <laughs> that Honestly, you, like I, I, if it was like, like yeah, a low eight, eight. It really, I mean, the, the limited street class, those 850 cars, mm -hmm. those pretty perfect cars. I mean, yep. you think about, Again, you think about back in high school, no one had an 850 car. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Pro Stock wasn't running 850 at that point, I don't right. think. Yeah, and these guys now, were driving them track to track. 
Right. Now they're driving track to track on a 275 radial. I mean, I think even 10 years ago, that was probably unheard of. Yeah. So really, I, I mean, my, I think really at the end of the day, my perfect endurance race week, drag week type car is anything that, that does it. Yeah. Anything that can do it and go out and have fun and anything you can be competitive in mm -hmm. is it makes it even better. And that's sort of the beauty of the race week program is those index classes. I mean, yeah. 14 Ocon, which is, I mean, that's a new Camaro with a tune and yep. an underdrive pulley and sticky tires. Yep. You're there. Yeah. We, we had debated on putting the bottle on the cart to get into that class. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and next year you should, I mean, although you're giving it away. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I looked at uh, some stuff today and so we're getting close. We're inching up day by day, 500 video views a day, whatever, you know. And so if somebody doesn't hurry up and win this thing, it's going to end up with a turbo and we're going to like shoot for some like mid 12 second times and just oh, yeah. crazy fun. You, you ought to really, it'd be really, really fun. I think to set that up as like a turbo or something and, yep. and do grudge races the whole time with Doug Cook's car. So funny Nitro. story about, about Wally. So I chased that, that dude's name's James, right? That drove it. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So I chased him every track we were at. I was like, Hey man, can we get a grudge racing today? Can we get a grudge racing today? And he was like, man, I can't waste a pass. We're trying to get this 12 second pass. So I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, whatever. I was like, well, we got to make a run this week. Cause I've been wearing Doug's, Motion Raceworks, all this. I've been wearing their pages out about racing Wally, you know. Right, right. That car off the bottle was running like low 15s. Well, we were, con you know, consistently low 15s. I'm like, man, it'd be a great slow pass, but would be a lot of fun and good for content and stuff like that. Well, we're in the lanes. I'm literally the last pass I'm going to make. He comes sliding by and I'm like, hey, this may work. Like we may end up in the lanes together. And we did, and it was the pass he made like a twelve ninety eight pass. I was like, "Oh man!" So he just drives out of my life in the video. Of course, of course. Yeah. But no, that's, that's James Shower. Um, he's mm -hmm. got a YouTube channel, uh, Build yep. Tune Race. Yep. Uh, super, super good content on there as well. Yeah. Um, he's got a ton of good stuff. He helps out Motion, and and Doug said, "You know, I, we have to bring Wally." And <laughs> you have heard the story of, of how Wally came about, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the perfect – we had uh, some buddies of mine and I, that have done Race Week before had talked about, like, doing that. Just load up in a car and drive to the track and try and buy one in town. You know what I mean? Like, like something would happen, you know, quote, unquote, and you would buy a car to make the week with. Yep, yep. And they and they, they started with that thing and it ran, like, 19-something. <laughs> yep. Was there a pass? Well, and what's crazy is it, like that car is. I mean, there's there's super gut. Like we we're still heavier than that car, which blew my mind. That's insane. That's insane. And that and I did. I looked through some of your stuff, and you've got you've got four thirty gears in yours and a Fozzie. Yeah. yeah. Oh and, no, it's welded. Yeah. Oh, is it welded? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Either, either way. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a there's a still highway geared, and um, yeah. I was I was thinking it would be interesting if we could meld the two. And yeah, put all your good parts in his or vice yep. versa. Yeah, and if he would put a gear in that thing, it'd be fun. Just build one super weird 
Grand Marquis or what? What, what does the Narcs cart start as? It was the Grand Marquis, a 90, 93,000 mile Grand Marquis. It was really, really nice. Nice. Like, had no burn holes from smoking in it. 85 year old man drove it. I mean, this whole thing. And then we just cut the roof off of it. Very nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So let's talk about the future of Adam. Like, like what's the future look like for you as far as like announcing and race week stuff and all that? You know, so um, it, I, I did have to make a choice again in 2020. Am I going to race a car or am I going to announce? Um, I chose announcing and I love it. I fell in love with it. I, um, I love every bit of it. I love every mm -hmm. second of when I'm up there. Um, I, I was thinking about it here recently and it's, um, it's six hours nonstop of me talking every day. Ow. And I mean, that's 12 sitcoms. Yeah. Five days in a row. Um, and that's a ton of talking and it's a ton of, ton of work. And it's a, you know, I did, I do make a little bit of money, which is great. But, um, but I, I've told Matt that I'm going to announce every chance he wants me to announce. That's so, correct. um, so I'm in for both. There's, there's a 2021 is going to have mm -hmm. two events as well. Um, similarly based to what this one is probably, yep. uh, really similar tracks. Um, yeah, the idea he, is he's got working relationships with people mm -hmm. in all these tracks. So we'll probably end up at a couple of new tracks on 2.0. I imagine yep. 1.0 will be identical, um, which is great because all those tracks are yeah. awesome. Well, and everybody knows hotels to stay in. Everybody knows all that stuff. Um, he was saying uh, 2.0 may end up down in Texas a little bit, so that'd be right. kind of neat. The hard part for me is I really, really want to do 1.0 um, right. for scenery and to get the, you know, two drive day experience and, and things like that. But 2.0 is literally like two hours from me to start. So it's, it's kind of this gamble. If you can't just do both. That's, that's what, that's what everybody says. So that's what I'll probably need to do anyway, you know, for YouTube content and stuff. Right. Right. I mean, you know, of course for YouTube <laughs> yeah. content, yeah. Uh, but no, 1.0 is amazing. Um, the mountain drives, they always incorporate mountain drives mm -hmm. on a section of it. Um, it. And it's like stuff you've never seen. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like out of movies. I mean, honestly, he takes us down yeah. some really, really cool two lane roads with like, I mean, it's just amazing. Um, That's awesome. and we've, we've never done the same full route twice. So there's a bunch of other little like side roads that we can take and, mm -hmm. um, and it's great. It's really, really good. And I, uh, you know, especially being right in our backyard here, Matt can actually go up and go drive the route. Whereas in 2.0, it's mainly as far as I know, pretty much Google maps. You just check yep. it out and make sure it's there. This one yep. we can actually run a little bit before and know for sure that road exists. Um, yeah, and some, it's not some crazy potholey setup. Right, right, exactly. And then and then the uh, the routes are all well much better laid out at that yep. point. Yep. Um, as as I'm sure you saw on 2.0, um, the routes were actually really really good for yep. 1.0 and 2.0 for 2020. But that's the first year I've ever done one of these with either event that the instructions have not been totally screwed up. <laughs> that's awesome yeah there's, awesome. there's actually a great picture of uh john wishman who maybe has 400 cars because he brings a different car to each one of these things <laughs> but he brought his seven second pro street car on one and there's a great picture on facebook of him on a dirt road with this car that's a full two chassis with huge slicks on it and stuff and he's on this dirt road 
just drive, just tooling down it because he thought that's what the the uh, instructions said. And actually, they did say to go down this road, but turns out he wasn't supposed to be on that road after all. That's really funny. So let's get let's get into the the final four questions, the ones I ask everybody. So, what's the fastest you've ever driven? Legally or illegally? No, well, no, it definitely illegally in Mexico. Ill it's legal in Mexico. Uh, I, I did have, uh, I went through a little motorcycle phase mm. and I, I did have a, a street bike that I got to 155 one time. Yeah. Uh, so one, 155 on two wheels. Um, I did have a, uh, like a full on actual race car that was a blown alcohol car. Um, Whoa. And I went, I had gone 145 in that in the court. So that's, that's the fastest fast. on four, four tires. One one forty five zero to one forty five is a lot faster than going one hundred and forty five on the highway. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole different thing. You know, unfortunately, that car was just it was too brutal and it was too much of a race car, and yep. it was actually the that was what I was talking to my girlfriend Stevie last night. That was the reason I'm a streetcar guy now. Is that car was the epitome of a race car. You need a like a crew, you need a trailer. You can enjoy the thing some Friday nights, but mostly Saturdays. Mm -hmm. But you have this car that's like this thirty thousand dollar thing that you can enjoy one day a week. Yeah, you can enjoy it for about eight minutes on a full Saturday. Right, and then the rest of the time you're standing in the sun, baking, it working, it, fixing it, and then going <laughs> yeah. back out for eight more minutes. Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. So, are you a uh, are you a WD forty or PB blaster kind of guy? PB blaster, hundred percent. Yep, yep. Uh, you are with the majority. I'll say that. Yep. Then, uh, are you a gloves or bare hands kind of guy? Depends on what I'm working on. Uh, I do love gloves. If I'm like packing wheel bearings, and if I'm working on anything that's a diesel, mm -hmm. I wear gloves. Um, but sometimes you just don't have gloves. Yeah. So. Yep. I'm you a gloves guy. That's that's still 50-50. So on on that side, yep. other people are, and I think it does go back to kind of what you're working on. You know, I mean, I'm it's, gonna tear down a two hundred and fifty thousand mile small block Chevrolet, and probably I'm probably going to wear gloves. Right. It's what you're working on and where you're working on it. I mean, obviously, yep. out of the road, you don't have gloves, and then you're going to be nasty. But then you get your nasty all inside the car. You get yep. all clothes. So if I can avoid it, I like to wear yep. gloves. There you like, go. The, this one, I, I'm interested to hear your answer for this one. So let's talk unlimited budget. You're you're not even having to write the check. Stevie's writing the check. What's your dream car? Wow, that's a good one. Now, are we talking dream car stock or dream car just world's your oyster? World's your oyster. I would buy Dennis Taylor's Retro Nova. Ooh, that's a good one. That car is amazing. Um, it's a good it's one. Just all of the stuff that it's got. The only thing I would add is eight air conditioning. That, that car. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's well built. It's a car that you could almost daily drive, again, with AC and a heater. You could totally do it. But it's just, it's it, in my opinion, that's the perfect just car. All yeah. All around car. Man, that's a that's a great car. I had not even put that together. Hmm. Cool. I like it. Well, dude. Yeah. Hey, I really want to say thanks because, like, 
I mean, you may not think you're a big deal, but it's a pretty big deal to, to have you on and, and let you tell some stories. And uh, we always enjoy that. And your insight into, oh, we didn't even talk about getting to a, a track and there being some crazy mix-up. Did you have any of that happen? Um, you know, not not really a, a crazy mix-up necessarily, other than um, really two or 1.0 um, at Bandemir when they said, okay, what's your run order and how are you going to call cars to the, to the lanes and how's this going to work and then who's going to enter all the time, all the time cards in to the, uh, to the system. Oh. And I just, I looked at it with like, I'm just here to talk about my And he said, yeah, but we don't have anyone to do any of that other stuff. So you have to do everything. Oh um, so it completely off of guard. Um, luckily I was really early. I was about five hours early, so I was able to get all that stuff kind of input and done. Um, but it caught me completely off guard, and it was a That's it was crazy. a very it was a very very interesting thing. And then to go from Bandemir to I believe we went to Kearney, Nebraska next, or no, yeah, yeah, we went to Kearney next. Um, it was a totally different vibe, a totally different deal. They were like, well, um, you know, I asked them like am I going to have to call cars to the lanes? And they said, well, who else? Oh, okay. Um, I guess I'm calling cars to the lanes. So, um, so that's, that's when I realized that my job was going to be a lot more than just talking to the microphone. It was going to be maintaining the classes and keeping everything running. And if I don't call cars to the lanes, then no one runs. And we're just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause so, I'll, I'll say this. If, if classes weren't being called, like you could definitely see, cause it was like two round, two class rounds and then it was kind of open, you know? And so like after that second call to the lanes, it got real easy to make back to back passes. Yep, exactly. Well, and a lot of guys finish their, they're like one and done kind of, kind of guys. Yep. So they'll finish their pass and then they'll go to the hotel yep. or they'll start on their drive or whatever they yep. want to do. Um, but no, I, cool. other than that, nothing really crazy hit necessarily. Um, we did have, where was it? Oh, Pueblo in, uh, in 1.0, the announcer stands in the, in the tower, it's way up top and it's in a separate room from where all the computers are, where they actually input all the information. Oh no. Uh, but it was maybe 185,000 degrees inside the tower. It was the craziest thing. I was like this close to like, Peach dying. Yeah. It was delirious. It was in, it was insane, um, but a very very like it, again interesting to see every different track, every different tower, how everyone kind of operated their their systems differently. And um, in 1.0, actually, I brought Stevie with me, who was running a car, but I had her inputting all of the time the the sheets into the computer. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Um, so we didn't even have names in the computer system until like after the first round was all completed. Um, so in 2.0, I made it, I made a button hook and I created my own Excel spreadsheet and actually announced Genius. off of that, which yeah. was a whole lot nicer, yeah. but that's, that's just stuff that just happened while we were yeah. doing it. it just, yeah. so nothing necessarily went bad, but it was really interesting to see all the different tracks and how they were operating and how they worked. Yep. and meet all the different managers and sort of their like style of how to run a track and many were very we have to do this and we must do this and everything and, and like joe especially like joe roach at carney 
just said, hey, whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. Whatever, dude. Whatever, man. The, the track's yours. Go to town. <laughs> That's um, cool. So it's, it was really, really interesting to see the difference between those and be able to live it because yeah. I, I am kind of behind closed doors and I kind of see a little bit of the background of mm-hmm. how the tracks work. And, um, no, it, but yeah, no, nothing bad necessarily happened. It was very, everyone was very accommodating. Everyone was very, very hospitable. Um, but it was, it wasn't, I mean, straight up in the middle of COVID, a new guy, a strange dude in the middle yep. of their stuff. They don't know me from no one. And you know, you know, here I am like, hey, guys, I got this briefcase, and I'm here to do a little announcement. Oh, what's in the briefcase? Will you tell us? I could, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Well, I don't want to die. But no, so, uh, literally, I just carried it around my, my laptop, but it was really oh, – don't tell anybody. <laughs> it was really interesting to see what some people's, uh, like, guesses were. That's and awesome. You do have to get um, Team 260, uh, the guys from Indiana – You've got to get them on your on one of your podcasts. Um, Amanda and Travis Martin had the best um, guesses, and they would guess every day what was in there. Um, <laughs> but they're they're great. But they have they had that white fourth gen Camaro. Oh yeah, and uh, and that three thousand GT with the LS Turbo mm-hmm. was running with those guys. And in uh, in one Nick Taylor brought his car. They call him Nicky Bobby. Um, that's gotcha. a great, great group of dudes and, and chicks and they're, they're so much fun. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I follow, um, Eric, uh, family man racing with the turbo LS three yeah. GT. I follow him on YouTube and we were literally supposed to meet up. Like we were going to do a collaboration video all week and I would go to his pits and he'd be making a pass. Okay. I'll wait a minute. I, he'd come down to mine and I'd be making a pass. They're like, you know, and he's got a race car. Like I'm rolling around at a 90,000 mile grand marquee. I can do whatever. Right, right. Yeah, that's funny. Well, cool. Well, man, thanks a bunch. I really appreciate you you doing this for us, and uh, I Absolutely. hope everybody enjoys it as much. What I would what I would like to do is a uh, 2.0, and um, kind of pick your brain because we'll come up with stories after this is done that I should have thought of and things like that. But I'd like to do it before uh, race week 1.0 next year, and kind of get like a lead up kind of you know, plan and thought process from you and all that kind of stuff. So if you're I, in, I'm in. 100%. I'm, I'm 100% in. It sounds fun. And like I said, I, uh, this is a blast. I have a good time doing this. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's, it's no different than announcing. I just, I, I really, really like this community. Um, I like everyone that's done this kind of thing. And I just, you, I'm your, I'm your guys' biggest fan because it, I, I love telling people the stories that are happening throughout this yep. because yep. it's one of those things that like as you noticed this year until you've done it you really have no idea you can yep. look at it you can look at it on video but until you actually experience it it's nothing like what you've seen so yep. i like to give people a little bit a little drop of the reality of what's happening yep every day well what's funny is uh our shortest video of the from the week of stuff is was our longest day we we did 22 hours we had to like we got almost to great bend and had to drive to tulsa to get a truck and trailer to rescue jonathan off the side of the road and it was like a six minute video all day because by that point we were like fully immersed in it it wasn't like i wanted i wasn't concerned with videos anymore we were just living the life it was great well and i think anyone that especially anyone in your sort of world that 
and, and I think even, you know, even Cletus and the mm-hmm. 1320 guys, it, they really, you think that you're going to have all this time yeah. and then you get, you get there and you start doing it and there ain't no time to do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like you said, you're up at 11 at night and you're trying to work with the Wi-Fi that the hotel has yeah. to try to do whatever you're doing. And it's just, it's hard to tell the story real time because it's so involved. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. Okay, I'm gonna let you go. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna just... we can we can go away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, for having me on, it was awesome, and okay. uh, and I can't. Wait I to certainly the appreciate year. it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm I'm really excited. Awesome. Me uh, too. So if if people are still here and they've dealt with my ramblings, um, obviously they need to go to the RMRWers page. Uh, you're on there a bunch. Um, if they're interested in this kind of racing, they definitely need to go to that. And uh, now, does your work have a, a Facebook page we can shout out? Maybe we can get a bunch of likes over there too and uh, help them out. Uh, yeah, we're on we're on DVC Irrigation Supply okay. on Facebook. Um, again, wholesale. So yeah, we don't need like everyone that's on there, honestly. But if you're a landscape <laughs> right. area, give me a call. I'll sell you parts. <laughs> there you um, go. Perfect. Perfect. But that said, um, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, blast. And yeah. Uh, it's it's been a ton of fun. And again, I can't wait to do it again, and I can't wait to yep. see you next year. And I hope you bring it, uh, whatever you bring. If you don't get yep. the Narch cart away, yeah, throw we'll, the on it and bring it out. And, well, and if we do get away, I may end up just building Narch cart while we're on the trip. Oh, see, now that's even more. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if I could, uh, huh? Door bar stuff. That's we'll figure that out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But yeah, the RMRWers page is sort of the page for anyone that's interested in this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't necessarily have to be a competitor. It gives you a little bit of an inside look to kind of what's happening. Um, I actually moderate that page and that's sort of what gives me a little neck up on the announcing side is that I see a little bit of the background that goes on. So I can actually talk about that to people who maybe aren't on that. Um, But Everyone's welcome. Come on in. Answer the questions. If you don't answer the questions, I don't let you in. Yep. Um, right. But yeah, it. And then there's also the main page, Rocky Mountain Race Week, on Facebook as well. Yeah. Sort of the more official page. Um, anything that's on there is basically Matt, um, and that's sort of the official page. So yep. when anything new comes out, there's an actual we we lock down tracks or we have dates or anything like that. That's the page where that's an official deal. Um, yep. So pay attention to that one. The RMRWers page is branded as unofficial. It's also become sort of the official participants page. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, check those out give them a like and, uh, and keep an eye on what's going on. And if you're interested in going in t- uh, 2021 for 1.0 yep. or 2.0, that's your best place to start. Um, yep. I did check out your, podcast on the newbies that you had the martins on yep um yep that was a great 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 introduction so if you're thinking about doing it check out the newbies thing on the uh shoot narcoplexic <laughs> narcoleptic <laughs> yep narcoleptic <laughs> podcast it's a mouthful for sure absolutely but check that out because that was really really good information in that yep. and um and i think at, now that you've seen it you can really yep. see that those things came came to fruition oh for sure and when she said we wouldn't have time i didn't believe her and we didn't have time it was amazing she knew what she was talking about absolutely but thanks again for having me on and i appreciate it and uh, yes we'll definitely do 2.0 
with Adam Doria before 1.0 in 2021. There we go. All right.